Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to part two of this week's Clash of the Titles, February Fanny, the podcast that this February pits two movies with something in common picked by fans of the show and puts them in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. On Monday's episode, we went to 1985 and met alien pop culture junkies Neek and Whack as we journeyed with explorers and now it's time to meet Max, who's going to get his own crash course in humankind as he takes little David on 1986's Flight of the Navigator. David, what time did you enter the woods? Around 8 o'clock. Then what happened? Then I reached this cliff. It's transmitting an alpha waves with complex frequency patterns in them. I, I know I fell. It's 1986, man. Eight years since that night. This is totally rad. I mean, you're my big little brother. So which film will we love to the max? And which film is just whack? We'll have a winner at the end of the show. So let's get it on. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Butters. Compliance! I'm Alex <laughs> Yay! I'm Vicky Cromson. Oh, I was going to do that. Chris Tilly. <laughs> Compliance! Compliance. <laughs> uh, so this is part two of uh, Clash of the Titles, February Fanny and the alien altercation that is Explorers versus Flight of the Navigator. As you well know, one film will be declared the winner in the verdict at the end of this show. Once again, who do we have to thank for this clash? Danny and Darren. Danny and Darren. Darren and Danny. And Brian. Brian by your friend Brian. Brian, you keep well. Brian Scipioni. Yeah. What's wrong with Skippy? You? <laughs> Sorry, Skip. Yeah, exactly. Jeez. If he's still listening, he's going to be very hurt. This will be the last episode he listens. He probably he's gone. There you go. He was put. His name was put in brackets in the explanation though, and so I just put it there in my brain. Right. Who's Ron Burgundy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm Ron Burgundy. 
So, hold on, we're not allowed to do that anymore. <laughs> that makes you angry. <laughs> I never said that, did I say yeah, that? Yeah, you did. Uh, right, uh, while we have locked in your listener suggested clashes for the rest of the month, you can still email us uh, at show at clashpod.com with any pairings that you have and a reason for doing them, because as Chris said on Monday, we're going to start dropping them in randomly yep. whenever we feel like it. But equally, definitely stop doing them until next December. Please, please. Please, please. Shall we do this? Yeah. Yes. Great. On Monday, V explored explorers, which means today Chris has no friends and just wants to go home. He's also talking about Flight of the Navigator. <laughs> I don't know how close to home that is today. I'm not well. Chris, take some journey. All right, here we go. Here we go. Flight of the Navigator is about parents who lose their son, get him back after eight years, then about 15 minutes later, send him away again. (laughs) David, I don't think your mum and dad like you all that much. It then turns into another film about a boy befriending a talking spaceship. Now, on Clash of the Titles, we have Man of a Thousand Voices, Alex Zane. Yes, you do. (laughs) Flight of the Navigator has Man of One Voice, Paul Rubens, as the spaceship talks just like Pee Wee Herman, which is bloody lazy if you ask me. (laughs) Can't you do another voice, Paul? Fuck's sake. Uh, Also, I think maybe David was abducted by a sick pervert in 1978 and the movie is a fantasy that he's constructed in his mind to escape the abuse, but we can get to that. Mm -hmm. Excellent. For your podcasting pleasure... Find the navigator! So, uh, when did you first see this film? Alex. Uh, I watched it as a kid at exactly the perfect age when I probably should have watched Explorers as well, which would make this a fairer fight. I was about eight or nine, and it was it was just one of those movies that did everything that a kid of eight or nine could possibly want a film to do. It had, like, awe and wonder and jokes and aliens, and I bloody loved it. It even made me cry a little bit. So, yeah, this was a big film for me as a kid. Vicky. So I didn't watch it when I was younger. And then when I was in my late teens, early 20s, people would just bang on about it all the time. Who? Oh, like people I lived with. Mel, Emma, Lucy. Emma, Mel, really? Lucy. Oh, wow. <laughs> the, 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 the big three. Okay. The big three. Mel, Emma, I've and Lucy. I've heard the names. Yeah. I've heard the names. Exactly. I've heard the story. Yeah, it, it was not a Mark Parsons VHS. No. It's not. But then, weirdly, I remember watching it with... Emma and Mel. <laughs> um, and Mark was like, you fucking made me watch it too. And I was like, well, you must have been in my vicinity, in my house when we had a hangover because Emma and Mel would have like boshed this on, obviously. And then Mark must have just been too... We must have just met because he would have been too rude or too feared to go, I am not watching this. I'm going to go wait for you upstairs, which is something he did a bit. So... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you're with your friends, you're watching a movie I don't like. I'll sit in silence in a dark room upstairs yeah. Waiting for you. Yeah. <laughs> so I made Mark watch it, which is hilarious because it's not his sort of thing at all. Um, yeah, and I, I really liked it. But I've only seen it once before this week. So you watched it as an older teen. Yeah, yeah and, and it still worked. It. I, 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 that's interesting. Yeah. I have not seen this for about, what, 35 years, mm. something like that. Mm. Yeah, I watched this when it came out when I was a kid. I actually remember distinctly it was my uh, when I went to America on my first trip and I was more excited that this film was on the telly than the fact that I was in America. Cool. Because they had had the Disney Channel, which we didn't have here, and I don't think it would come out in video in England, but I could watch it on the telly there. Yeah, mind blown. But I'm not a nerd. Um, He's a jock. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but I liked it, saw it a few times when I was a kid, and I like you, Alex, I don't think I've seen it since. No, that was why it was Mm, exciting. I've never wanted to watch it again. No, it's like fun. That one can live there, but we do a podcast where we have to do these things. Sure. I'm sorry. It's all right. So, behind the scenes, uh, Mark H. Baker was a UCLA film student who came up with the initial story 
of what eventually became Flight of the Navigator. Um, it came from a dream he had. He dreamed this up. That'd be useful, wouldn't it, if mm. you could dream up a script? Mm. Um, it was called Vanished. And it was a much more serious story that he wrote. Um, in his story, the NASA people build the ship from his memory. So they're using technology they don't understand, but only he does. And it makes him realise that they'll never let him go. Mm. And so it's a bit more of a drama. It's mad that NASA let their name be used in this because they're kind of villains. Mm. Yeah, did they have to get permission? I imagine you have to get permission mm. to use NASA, yeah. Do you, though, as a government-funded body? Is it not like just saying the police? Because they, they write NASA on, on the Thunder Road in Explorers. Oh. Or they have a NASA sticker. Do you think they got permission? No. Well, okay, fine. So. Well, as shonky as that movie is, no, they did not get permission. <laughs> so, so you can use NASA in anything? I don't know if you can, but they you are... You just said you could. No, sorry. All right, yes, you can. Oh. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> They uh, they they didn't think he was ready to sort of uh, finish the script, though. They weren't happy with it, so they brought in someone more experienced. They found an investor to pay for that, these producers. So a guy called Phil Janu, um, who was trying to establish himself as a writer-director, uh, came on board to rewrite the script, but he didn't want to be known as someone who would rewrite other people's scripts. Wow. So he ended up having a pseudonym on the film, which I didn't think you were allowed to do, but maybe that's just directors. Mm. Um, so Matt McManus was the, is, is, is the screenwriter on screen, but he's, it doesn't exist. doesn't exist. All right. Shit, that's why when I tried to Google Matt McManus, <laughs> there was nothing. I was like, oh, wild. Wrestler. Was this guy. So did Phil Janu uh, become a writer after this? Um, he did stuff. He did. He. I've got to look again, but I think he did a lot of work with you too. He directed all their videos and he directed their concert movie. I mean, once you're in with Bono, you don't need anything else. <laughs> Can't get out. <laughs> he, look, he looks after his own. He directed Chris Tucker Live. He's done some films. He did a movie called The Veil. Oh, Punisher Dirty Laundry. Did you see that? No. It was a fan-made Punisher film that's the best Punisher movie. Really? Yes. Better than the Thomas Jane one? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's got someone really good. Oh, Thomas Jane plays Frank Castle in it. Oh. Yeah. It's a fan-made film with him in it. Okay. It's really good. Anyway, he directed that. That's the best thing he's done. Ron Perlman's in that as well. Let's stop talking about that. (laughs) (laughs) Fly the Navigator. Um, Sorry, I haven't slept much. Uh, He's not been well. He's not been well. well. So, directors, John Avildsen of Rocky and Karate Kid fame uh, became attached as Helmer, uh, but he wanted to add an intergalactic war into the story to make it more like Star Wars. Great idea. He got fired. Oh. <laughs> uh, at one point, Brian De Palma was interested in directing <laughs> amazing, this film. Amazing. Um, but they felt that he was... They could, in their documentary, uh, there's a great documentary called Life After Navigator, which I'll get onto. The producer said, uh, we didn't think the Prince of Darkness should be directing Flight of the Navigator. <laughs> uh, apparently, apparently, James Cameron liked it but was too busy. But I guess there are elements of this that did interest Cameron and we'll we'll talk about that he goes on to use. But anyway, Grease Helmer, uh, Randy Kleiser got the call. Oh, did he do Grease? Yeah. Oh, wow. That was his biggest hit. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Early early in this film, they're driving along the family and they're listening to You're the One That I Want from the soundtrack of Grease, which I I, I initially thought, well, that's taking the piss. Uh, a bit self-centred. But then the summer of 1978, it was probably on the radio. Yes. It was that year. He's directed one of the few movies that I've turned off halfway through, which was the follow-up to Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Big Top Pee-wee. Okay. And, I, I, you know, I rarely turn off a movie because I tolerate a lot. Big Top Pee-wee, 
Got you. <laughs> oh, like 25 minutes in, I'm like, nope, nope, not for me. Um, it was being uh, funded independently uh, and then Disney got interested. And so it became Jeff Kapsenberg's first movie at Disney. He and Michael Eisner were very hands-on, apparently. They were issuing notes directly to the director, which is not something that normally happens at studios, that the studio heads would do that. But they're famously sort of the most involved producers and, and studio heads has ever been. Hmm. Um, even They said even Eisner's wife, was sending notes That's to the director. hard to manage. <laughs> well, directly, through Eisner, or just directly? Just the, uh, Randy Kleiser says in this documentary, I would get notes from Michael Eisner's wife. Wow. Oof. So uh, the film's theme and tone and story ended up in a tug of war between the two companies involved. So one was Disney, and one was this company called uh, Producers Sale Organization, which is the blandest, <laughs> the blandest name. That's a sexy, company. That's a sexy name. That is such a tax. Producer dog. Sale Organization. <laughs> it's just oh, I'm in the Cayman Islands and I'm here to register my business, and I haven't thought of a name. <laughs> uh, so uh, Randy said that they were an action movie studio. They wanted an action movie here and so they wanted government agents trying to shoot down the spaceship and chases and things like that yeah disney wanted the fantasy story he says guess who won <laughs> so yeah. it was disney producer sale organization <laughs> <laughs> uh in terms of casting uh did you watch life after the navigator Al? i haven't done it no, yet. it's good no, yeah it's, it. it's really good um you can see some of the audition tapes chris o'donnell you can see his oh, audition wow. yeah he's really good mm. Uh, I only I only didn't watch it because Joey Kramer was meant to come on my other podcast. I don't know if I've mentioned. Oh, my you other didn't podcast. say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's had he's moved it till later in February, which is why I haven't watched it yet. Mm. Oh, okay. But I was going to watch oh, it because be it was fun. meant to be. I was meant to be interviewing him actually tonight. <laughs> I was meant to be doing him tonight. But oh shit! Yeah. Mm. That's a big booking for you, no? <laughs> yeah, so, it is. That's been yeah. a for you. <laughs> By the way, we're doing the Navigator, Joey. Do you want to? Am I the podcast? Oh, I should save you both, Chris. Honestly, it would kind of make sense. Yeah. yeah, right. And if I if he hadn't moved the interview, I'd have said Joey. I'd have said what what Chris just said. We're doing Fly the Navigator on my other podcast. Would you like to come on as a guest? Mm-hmm. I would have said that to mm-hmm. him, and he just said no because, <laughs> because you guys take the piss too much. Which is if anyone wonders why we don't have more guests <laughs> related to the movies that we're no, we talking about, we just have about. to get the right guests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone who hates their own. Work. <laughs> Joey is very good in this film. He um, is, yes. He's so good. So he got the gig as he was a natural. You can see his audition in that documentary. Uh, he was cast c- largely because he could cry to order and easily access his emotions. Um, <laughs> what? Just a little sample. <laughs> I can do the same. Uh, any, any casting agents listening? <laughs> go, go, go. Um, Life got pretty grim for him after this film, um, which is what Life After Navigator is actually about. It's as yeah. much about the making of the film as, as as how his life sort of turned into a world of drinking and drugs and sleeping rough and selling drugs and illegal possession of weapons and eventually robbing a bank and going to prison. Mm. It's a very moving documentary. And he just comes across so sensitive and such a vulnerable soul. You can see why he's such a great actor, but you can also sort of see why... Things went the other way. Um, the majority of this film got made in Florida, but due to blocked funds from one of the producer sales organisation financiers... <laughs> producer sale organisation blocking funds. They were obliged to shoot a portion of this movie in Norway. They really? had to fly everyone to Norway and, and fly the spaceship to Norway. I wow. don't mean literally. Well, that just fly there. Yeah. <laughs> I just did that. And, and put it in a hangar and shoot scenes there. Um, it was to do with some Norwegian tax shelter, um, but 
Randy Gleiser records we went all that way he says that money never materialised I don't know what we were doing in Norway (laughs) producer sale organisation no money we flew the crew from Florida to Norway for no reason (laughs) have you been to Norway I have yeah do you see the dragons it's such a touristy thing to say it's just no (laughs) it's so pristine isn't it that sounds nice it is nice do you see any wildlife oh my god I did I've told you this story sorry sound the klaxon hey did you just hear that? About the spider crab. I got sort of attacked by a spider crab. I was on a cruise. I went on a spider crab safari. I'll just be super quick. We were in a rib. You know the boats, the ribs. We were in the Barents Sea. We were in survival suits. We were told if you fall in the sea, you will last four minutes and then you will die, right? Mm. Fine, cool. That, good. That's why I'm here. Whatever. Yeah. And then I thought we would go to land and look at spider crabs and then we would go and eat one in a restaurant is what I thought. Awesome. <laughs> or only you would want to see something alive and then dead immediately <laughs> afterwards. And so we was sat on this tiny rib and then this Norwegian man plunged his hand into the sea and pulled up a pot and let a fucking spider crab that's the literal size of this table loose on the ball <laughs> and I was like shitting hell I'm absolutely terrified and I was like oh wow it's amazing it's so majestic look at it it's incredible it's like an alien and <laughs> I, I huddled I was screaming and I was huddled this poor woman I was like get it away get it away and then I thought I'm just gonna give that to this young lad. I'm going to throw myself in the sea. You need to, you need to get rid of it. I was terrified, and I just thought, well, for in four minutes, four minutes is quite a long time, and then maybe they'll get bored of this merry jig they're doing with the spider crab, and they'll put it back where it belongs in the sea. So it was horrendous. It was. It, I was so scared, and I didn't. I couldn't move. I didn't know what to do. And then I thought, well, I'll just throw myself in the sea, and then someone will have to do something. About so when you got to the restaurant afterwards, did that spider crab taste oh, so sweet? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. I ate stupid legs. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sorry, Chris, you've, you've all heard that story before, but it bears repeating because it was... Hey, you like it. <laughs> well, it's, like very, it. it's exceedingly relevant to what we're talking about today. <laughs> right, 1978. Yay, how Whippets, do know it? <laughs> Whippets catching frisbees. Those dogs look amazing. Well, something flies overhead. Is it a spaceship? No. No. It's a frisbee. Yeah. It's a classic Joe Dante yeah. <laughs> switcheroo. It's, then we get the opening scene from one of the Air Bud movies, I think. <laughs> um, can you have too many dogs catching frisbees? <laughs> no. Three minutes. I chimed it. It's three minutes. Look what I wrote down. I could watch this all day. It is really good. I was really entertained, especially when a whippet caught a frisbee. Yeah. I showed Simon it. I was like, look what that, you could do that. And he, he can't. I've tried. <laughs> After three minutes, we, we see a sign saying it's the South Florida Frisbee Dog Championship. Yeah. Is that a thing? It must be, Chris. Otherwise, why else is it in the movie? Why is it in the movie, Vicky? <laughs> it doesn't really come back. I tell you, I think it might be a little bit reverse engineered. Like, wouldn't it be cool if you thought it was a spaceship, but it was a Frisbee? What catches Frisbees? Do dogs? Yes. <laughs> or are they aliens? <laughs> yeah. um, does it say at this stage... That it's the 4th of July. It does, yes. Oh, it, does. it literally says that. on that sign, 4th of I, July. I missed okay. miss that. So when little Billy turns up with fireworks, I'm like, wrong and <laughs> Kid with fireworks <laughs> on the street. <laughs> um, so we see dogs for quite a long time. Uh, and then something else <laughs> flies overhead. Is it a spaceship? No. No, it's a blimp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, good year, blimp.
Um, David's arguing with his little brother in the car. You'll never see your ninth birthday, I promise. Love it. That's great exposition because we need to be positioned in the year. We've had the banner that states the year, but just in case that wasn't enough, because we need to remember how old everyone is. I just thought that was quite artfully done. But also, you'll never see your ninth birthday. Yeah. He won't. Yeah. Yeah. It's foreshadowing. <laughs> um, brother Jeff goes off. They tell him to stay away from fireworks, which is what he uses to save the day at the end of the film. She's good. Oh, good. And they say to David, just try to remember you're the oldest. <laughs> oh, he's not going to be the oldest for long. <laughs> Mind blown. That's fucking incredible. Very good, isn't it? <laughs> It's Flight of the Navigator, the best film of all time. I mean, this is gold. <laughs> and then Dad catches him peeping. Yeah. Oh, spying uh, on girls. Yeah, yep. yeah. and he's, he's, he's like, okay, son, that's not. <laughs> but it's a nice father-son moment after that. I think I it's guess. quite sick. <laughs> yeah. Jennifer Bradley. Oh, yeah. What does his dad say? His dad says, "Why don't you go up to her and say, say nice blouse? That's a nice blouse. It is bike. Not blouse." <laughs> His dad's not that weird. I mean, granted, bike is weird. Just go to see. All right, bike. Those, those are nice teeth. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Of course, uh, it's not I'm blouse. Like, That's awful. Yeah, bikes are a big thing in this film. Can yeah. I borrow your blouse? <laughs> His dad is setting him up for failure. Yeah, nice bike. Okay, great. Yeah, I think he's meant to be a bit of an awkward dad. He's yeah, sort of endearing yeah. and that sort of like. He's mention good. her blouse, David. Yeah. <laughs> I good. would. Played by Clifton Young. I think he's very good, actually, the dad. I think everyone's good in this film. Um, uh, so David and Bruiser go looking for Jeff because Jeff hasn't come home what yet. What the fuck are these parents about? Oh, my God. When they're like, when they're like yeah, Jeff, who's eight. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, maybe go meet him uh, through the woods. And you're like, once you get into these woods, you're like, these woods are fucking terrifying. What are you talking about? There's a fucking train track through the middle of them as well. It's the 1980s. What are you talking about? But it is so startling now because yeah. David even goes, he's eight. He can walk by himself. You're like, no, he can't. You just said he's eight. Yeah. But it was a different time. Does David say to Bruiser, I don't know what I want in life anymore? Yes. Yeah, he does, actually. What's that about? It's know. a very, I wrote down, clumsy way to set up the most vague desire of our hero. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think any eight-year-old says, I don't no. know what I want in life. No. Um, but better than that is we see an ele- electricity pylon that looks like a spaceship. Oh, but it's not. <laughs> it's not. Rule of three. Um, then David has a fall. He gets knocked out. Boom. 1986. This bit. This I was, As a kid, I was like, oh, my God. David wakes up, goes home. And the house looks different and there's an old couple living there. Oh, Larry's living his best life upstairs in his recliner with his whiskey. Away from the wife. Away from the wife, I thought that. I wrote down, on his own, drinking whiskey. It just fell open. (laughs) (laughs) It just fell I wasn't doing anything, darling. (laughs) And the filmmakers said that Joey can access his emotions and he really does here. I mean, you believe that his parents have disappeared. Uh, So he goes to the police station and they find a missing persons report from Eight years ago. Yeah. What, what did his parents do? They declared him legally dead. No, That seems... And moved out. It like, was it's just... Not that long ago. It's just... It really hasn't been long enough. It's like, your parents don't... I don't know. Do they do that? Is there a payout? Uh, well, if, they, if they had him insured, <laughs> yeah, I guess. There you go. Uh, so this comes up in Life After the Navigator. Um, Joey Kramer, one of the times he got arrested, yeah. uh, the cops recognised him and got talking about Flight of the Navigator, remembered this scene, printed out the script and got him to do the scene with them where they're quizzing him about what year it is and who's president. Yeah, that's that's weird. That happened in Uh, real life. It's fine as long as they went, and we'll let you off with a caution. (laughs) If they go, do the scene and then you go into jail, (laughs) fucked up. 
That is just an example of the weird life Joey's lived. That is all messed up, yeah. Um, so they take him home. His parents are older now. They look like ghosts. They don't just look <laughs> old, they, 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 they look like the old spitting image John Major puppet. <laughs> they look really grey. <laughs> they do. Uh, I mentioned Clifton Young. Obviously, Veronica Cartwright of Alien fame uh, is playing his mother. And they're overjoyed oh, to see him. Yeah. Yeah. I said the whole movie going, I should look this up. Ow. <laughs> That's what IMDb's for. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's for trivia about waltzes rolling down hills. Oh, yeah, good point. That's not trivia. That's an anecdote. That's all it is. Um, at the same time, we hear talk of blackouts all over town and see a spaceship. Yay! We've finally seen one. Yay! This is an actual spaceship. Uh, and then the authorities have it. Uh, NASA man Faraday um, arrives on the scene, transports it to NASA HQ, uh, but they're struggling to break into this seamless outer shell. Did you recognise uh, Howard? Uh, Hesseman, who plays Dr. Faraday. Oh, he's in everything. Yeah, he's in everything. Yeah, but what's his best oh. role? Is it Head of the Class I used to watch when I was a kid? Nope, it's not that. What is his best I role? I can't remember. He plays Commandant Lassard's brother, Peter Lassard, <laughs> in Police Academy 2, their first assignment. Uh, AKA Mon and Alex's favourite Police Academy movie. Because it's the uh, best, best Police one. Academy movie. It's so good. Yeah. yeah, the only thing better in Police Academy 1 is shit, I'm, I'm dead. dead. <laughs> But in Police Academy 2, <laughs> they remove his shampoo and put glue there. No. And Mal- so he, Mauser ends up sticking his fingers to his head and he's walking out and, then, and he can't see because he's got shampoo in his eyes. Yeah, and then they cut off, they cut his hair so he can take his hands off and he's got furry palms. Because <laughs> he probably can't get the hair off his palms. He's got furry palms. Oh, what can we do Police Academy 2 with? <laughs> we'll wait for a week when Vicky's away again. She yeah. missed the last one. Yeah, just yeah, do it with that. How about with Police Academy three <laughs> go through them all um, so David's taken to hospital where he meets his now older brother Jeffrey yeah. this is mad this like, is totally rad you're my big little brother but at what point so David isn't really sure what's going on mm. and his parents just sort of go uh, you, your brother's coming in we're going off to talk to the doctor it's like mm. it feels like the Burke in Aliens scene at the start where Ripley's like how long was I in hypersleep and Burke's like has no one spoken to you about this because it really shouldn't be me telling you yeah it's that it's like why is the brother one going You've been away for mm. eight. It's eight years in the future. Yeah. That's not his job. <laughs> no. No, he explains everything that the pain the family went through, the, how they went looking for him. And then and then they start calling each other names like the old days. Oh, it's very moving. It's I very thought. moving. And then and then David says, Jeff, I'm scared. Oh, I know. Yeah. The role reversal. Because mm. now he's the little brother. Yeah. Oh, yep. Lovely. Very emotional. Um, he goes to sleep. He wakes up. That, that, that Something's calling him in his sleep. They do tests on David. He's emitting alpha waves. He's communicating with a computer in binary code. It's cool where the spaceship appears on the screen. Yeah, it's awesome. Mm. He's projected it. All the blueprints. Good. Yeah. How, how did he do it? Don't know. Don't know. Makes just, no sense. Yeah, doesn't matter. <laughs> so NASA want him at their institution. They want the truth. They want him for 48 hours at the base alone. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Again, the 80s though, I guess. But also, do you know what I did think? Legally, he's technically 20 because he's so- not dead. <laughs> so he doesn't need his parents' consent. And mm. I think that NASA dude knows that. I think I'm so going to come back to that because I think that is an interesting point. But yeah, how are you feeling as a mum, Vicky, of these parents saying, hi, David, <laughs> hi, David? I mean, they never even ask if he's going to get paid. So that was... Oh, wow. Look at what, first thing Vicky thinks. <laughs> well, they're probably still rolling in the payout when they declared him legally dead. <laughs> that is true. We've got so much money right now. <laughs> Do we have to give that back now? He's uh, Oh, such a good thought. Right? What is the statute of limitations exactly. on that? Don't know. Are, they, are things supposed to have gone a bit... I, can, I couldn't work it out. 
have things gone a bit downhill for the parents since his disappearance? Because I couldn't work out if the new house was meant to be not as good as the old house. It didn't oh, look so, as yeah. nice, but it's still on the waterfront. Oh, I didn't. I didn't read that, but it no, could be there. It, it wasn't. It, it, wasn't like... it didn't look that different. One of my changes is going to come back to that, though. Right. But I, I don't think it looked. I think they. Pro- it was one of those things where they probably um, just couldn't live in that house anymore. Yeah, that's what I would think. Right. Too many memories, Alex. So sure. I thought they'd spent a lot of money looking for him. You see, yeah, probably like printing out flyers. It's can, not cheap. You can work up quite a bill. <laughs> uh, so David gets to his room at NASA, and there's toys all over his bed. I remember loving this as a oh kid. Loving God, it. I'm now not. it looks. Now to me, it's looking like grooming. Yeah. But, but at the time, this is proper fantasy stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Um, he's even got a TV with a remote control wand. They just messed up because they don't because because you have to have Ralph in a minute, which makes that thing makes fuck all sense. But they messed up with the. They could have done new food as well. That just would have hit all those buttons for me, like toys, TV, and look at this amazing new food that you've never mm. heard of. Brilliant. But, yeah, like shawarma. Sure. <laughs> that might not have been big <laughs> in 78. No. But it probably wasn't big eight years later either. I don't know. It depends, depends where you are, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to work out what the new food might be. Right. Dim sum? <laughs> might probably... In, in North America. Probably, I don't know. <laughs> probably microwave, microwave dinner, I reckon, would oh, be yeah. a microwave dinner, 78 and 86. Sure, but a microwave dinner is still only going to be like food that you've eaten before. It's not new food. It's just food that's heated up in a microwave. Yeah, we're no, all I'm, missing the I've obvious heard. thing. They do the joke later with the Coca-Cola. He says, I want a Coca-Cola. Sarah Jessica Parker's like, do you want full fat, Diet Coke, low sure. sugar, low caffeine, whatever. Yeah. So there's the joke. Well, speaking of Sarah Jessica Parker, she enters the fray now along with the aforementioned robot called Ralph. That thing makes Ro- no... You just need a trolley with wheels. Robotic, no. <laughs> robotic assistant labour facilitator. Who yes. has a compartment the size of a child's. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, he wants Starsky and Hutch on the telly. It's been cancelled. He needs to learn about music videos. Blamange is what they picked. It made me actually listen to some Blamange. They were quite good. Um, but Take On Me had come out. Such a shame it wasn't Take On Me. Yeah. With that video and the song. That's, you wanted something that stood the test of time. It's what you're saying, Alex, about the A-team. Mm. You, you, needed, you need these cultural touchstones that would have we, we would still be going, oh, yeah. When they're talking about uh, music and he doesn't understand music video, does he say my mum took me to see the Bee Gees? He does. Yeah. Mm. Which Why? is, I think, still cool. But maybe it wasn't deemed cool in the 80s. It seems like a weird gig for a kid to... Maybe not, I don't know. But not also, in 1978. Sure, but also, say the fucking Beach Boys, because you've got to do a whole montage with the Beach Boys <laughs> playing later. That's, That's a very fair. good point. Yeah. But she's more into Twisted Sister. Yeah. Who's she? <laughs> what a joke! <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell! But... <laughs> so it's all fish out of water stuff now uh, and they look in his brain and they realise he's been 560 light years away sorry just... let me just have a moment just my porn my tech porn where someone says mm, let me latch the data oh I love that oh excuse me yeah, but he's it's... experienced time dilation which is a real thing isn't it that yeah. is a real uh, concept in yes. terms of explaining how, yeah, he, he hasn't, and that's the reason for him not aging. That right. he's, he did this journey in two point two hours, but for him for, on Earth, it's eight years. I do like the way Doctor Faraday goes from all like, oh, David, we're going to look after you here. Sure, I locked you in the room, but I'm still a nice guy. Mm. And at this point, he like just doesn't even look at it. He's just ask him the question. Yeah, drill his brain. Ask, get, We need this information. Uh, David has a meltdown, runs out the room, and Sarah Jessica Parker tells him he's going to be there for another week. Yeah. She also tells him he's cute. 
Yes. She also does, it's a dick move, a false equivalency. He's like, I'm, a, I'm so upset because I'm an alien. She's like, well, I moved house a lot when I was a child too. <laughs> <laughs> Not the same, Carolyn. It, so, it's, so it's that thing, isn't it? We talked about this in the, in the Goonies, mm. in... Oh, there was another it's, one we were talking about. Oh, weird science. Yeah, it's absolute childhood fantasy, yeah, isn't yeah. it? 80s, older women. It, it looks like grooming now, but I did think, is this there for a reason in that Actually, she's the age that he should be. Yes. Are they trying to make that point? Yeah, I think so. Okay. She's she's twenty and he should be twenty. Right. Yeah. So it's it's okay. No, it's, <laughs> it, 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 no, it's definitely not okay. It's not okay. It's just such a weird scene to see because you see it so often in films. If it happened in real life, if you'd been what is he twelve, and yeah. you said to one of your friends that twenty year old just said that I'm fit, like would you have been pleased or would you have just been really upset? Like, no. Would you have told your mum? Absolutely over the moon. Would you really? Yeah. All right, so then when I was 20, if I, if I, one of my 20-year-old friends had said, that 12-year-old's all right. Oh, no, like, yeah, that's not good. No. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I was at uh, the first ever gig I went to. Have I told this story? Uh, Claxon. Hey, did you just hear that? Hey, well, the first gig I went to, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to Claxon's. Oh, well, if it. it's going to be your first one, it should be awesome. Yeah. Um, Smashing Pumpkins, 1993, supported by The Verve, or as Verve as they were just called there. Anyway, we had to sit on the balcony because I was 14 years old at the Town and Country Club in Leeds and sat down next to a girl who was at least 18 or over because she was getting served and she went, do you want a beer? And I was like, mm. what? Yes. Oh my God, you're and my dream I, woman. Yeah, she brought me, I mean, she was there with a boyfriend, so it was cool. But if he, if he hadn't been there, I'd have totally hit that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, Why would, all right, it's, she that, was, she it's was, the idea of an older girl, like she had no reason to no, give, just buy, after you. buy a 14 year old a beer yeah. And I was just like, this is amazing. Yeah. Wow, that is amazing. Yeah, I had it, I had it before. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like I, had. I hit the claxon. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Vicky did fucking spider crabs. <laughs> For ages, by yeah, the way. It was long. Oh. I made mine really quick. <laughs> We're going to take a break now. I'm going to have a long, hard talk to you both. <laughs> Hot. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And we're back. You both get to behave now. Yep. Yeah. That was long and hard, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so the spaceship speaks to him in the night. He wants help. David gets inside. Ralph and escapes. We've got a big 1980s Alan Silvestri score. Love it's it. Not, it's not as good as his Back to the Future score, let's be honest. <laughs> it's pretty fucking good. But it's good. It's good. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of luck in this scene. First of all, put a curtain between the security and your bed. For, like, yep. you, you can't watch him sleep but he'll definitely not use that to get in Ralph. Uh, also, no idea where Ralph's going. Lucky he was going to the hangar. Just a, a nice piece of luck. A lot of coincidences. Definitely overthinking it, out. No, because also, I don't mind the fact that the security's lax, but later on they make Faraday go, God, we had security everywhere. And it's like they're in a different building from the most important thing in the history of civilization. Yeah, sure. Yep. That's true. I know. I mean, you know, this is your job, though. You're in management now, so... <laughs> You spot things like this. Middle management. <laughs> so the spaceship looks amazing. Um, it opens up for him. You've got these liquid metal steps appearing and floating in the air. How did they do so that? good. Incredible. Um, it's a precursor to the liquid alien in the abyss, liquid metal in Terminator. So there is a, a James Cameron connection there. Um Kleiser went to school. I think he might have even been roommates with George Lucas. Like, they were really close. And when he sought Lucas's advice when he was making this film, Lucas said, do not have a mirrored spaceship because you won't be able to shoot it because you've got cameras that you need oh, to right. hide. And it's yeah. just completely impractical. Uh, he said, I decided to do it anyhow, and I'm glad I did. Oh, it looks brilliant. Yeah, it's great. It does. It looks love really it. good. I love it. Uh, fun fact, uh, this opened opposite uh, a George Lucas production. Uh, wait, how the duck? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. <sighs> I keep forgetting about it. Even though I sent you a photograph of a Howard the Duck graphic novel, yeah. and then every time I think of it, it leaves my brain so quickly. I didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a quote from IGN on the front. Oh, was I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah, I've circled it for you. It's, what did you... IGN put, this is fucking brilliant or How something. How ill have you been? There was, a big, very there's been a, big, there was a big red circle not, on I'm it. Not in a, I've not been in a good place. Okay. Um, so, um, the person who did the effects of the spacecraft are our director's brother. Um, Randall, his brother Jeff uh, Kleiser, showed him a Tide commercial that he'd made, where uh, the bottle of detergent turned into, morphed into the map of the United it's States. Terminator. And he said, yeah, can you do this for a spaceship? And they, I mean, it wasn't easy, but that's how we ended up with this. That's how we ended up with Terminator. It looks so good. As a yeah. kid watching this, it was just mind-blowing watching that ship, especially when it turned into fast version ship. Yeah. It's just one of those moments when you're on the cusp of something new and exciting and and look at what we've got off the back of this, you know. Know that, know Avatar. Mm. And the whole inside of the spaceship is what, it just looks great. And the chair that comes out of the floor Mm. and he sits in it, it's brilliant. And the chair, there's a metal arm with an eye that addresses him. Sit down, navigator. Mm. Um, The filmmakers had a hard time trying to find Max's voice. Uh, they even tried one of those machines when people lost their vocal cords. That's that's what how it was going to sound initially, oh, yeah. but that didn't really work. Um, one of the actors, one of the child actors, Matt Adler, had a go. They thought that might work, um, but um, yeah, they, they they weren't really sure what direction to go in. And then Kleiser says he caught an episode of Pee Wee's Playhouse. I'm not sure how. I don't think it started at that point. <laughs> uh, but he'd known Paul Rubens from the LA scene and approached him about playing Max. 
So Paul Rubens is in this film voicing Max, but he's credited as Paul Maul. Right. In the credits. And, and, and Kleiser says he didn't want any credit. He didn't want his name on it. I guess he's just a quirky guy and didn't want to have his real name. So he used Paul Moore, like the cigarettes, as his name. But everybody knew it was him. I mean, the moment he did the laugh, you knew. So I don't know what he was expecting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so clearly him. It yeah. isn't initially. Like, the first sort of 10 minutes, you're like... But the minute he like gets... cross, kind of. Yeah, yeah, when he downloads um, yes. David's, David's thoughts and it's yeah. like... <laughs> I can't do him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. One, one of the few. Wowzers. One of the few I can't do. <laughs> Even Alex. Even, <laughs> Even me. Even. <laughs> there you go. See? That's quite good. Um, but yeah, has he only got one voice, Paul Rubens? I'm pretty sure. I mean, yeah. I, I think he just, he's, I only know him as Pee Wee Herman. And, um, yeah, he, I, I mean, I, he's, he's popped up in a few Tim Burns, hasn't he? Yeah. Batman Returns he's in and... Uh, Maybe I made that up. Right, Max. So the the mission. Remember him? Max tells David that his mission was to travel the galaxy collecting specimens for analysis. Uh, And he discovers. It gets convoluted here, doesn't he? He discovers that humans only use 10% of their brain. Yeah. So he puts a shit ton of information in David's brain. Yep. And then, as an experiment, and then he returns him to Earth, but not in his own time. And then determines that a trip back would be dangerous for a human, so leaves in there, mm. and then crashes the spaceship, and his his data gets erased. So he needs the information in David's brain now. Yeah, it's a bit tr- tricky because before David gets in Ralph, he has like a mind meld with the ship, and because the the Pee Wee Herman says to him, "Get in Ralph." So that's how he's guided towards him. So if he can go into his brain and say, "Get in Ralph," he could probably go into his brain and go, "That's my map." Thank you. Oh wait, so that's so Ralph is being controlled by the spaceship, so, yeah. which he, is why he goes yeah, there. Because he goes it's to the window, doesn't he? He goes, "I'm here, I'm here. Look at me, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just right over here. Watch me." <laughs> um, <laughs> he's controlling Ralph. Yeah, yeah. Um, so David's, Sorry. I mean, David's essentially a human flash drive at this point. <laughs> is that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah pretty that, much. that is true, yeah. yeah. So they get into space. NASA realise that they're going to space. They pull guns on the ship. It takes off and lays its way out of the, 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 the flyer. And they take him up where he's, he floats in zero gravity. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a really funny joke. Take me 20 miles from here. <laughs> and he just goes, goes up 20 miles. Yeah, like that. That's funny. They zoom across the Earth and then the kid takes a piss. Yeah. Just remember this. It's just, it's an unusual thing to have in a film. I really, just to stop a film so the character can have a piss. <laughs> you don't that often see that. No, yeah. no that was the thing. I know I mentioned 24. That was the thing with 24. When does he have a piss? We're watching him 24 hours a day. <laughs> um, so he makes a deal with Max, the star chart in exchange for being taken home. Uh, we learn that Max is the Trimaxian drone ship, so they, he calls him Max for short. Uh, they go underwater. I do not leak. You leak. I remember my eight-year-old brain finding that really funny, yep. thinking that is like the funniest line I've ever heard. <laughs> That's why we had this pissing scene. I just, I thought he meant yeah, brain leaks. I missed it no, completely. No. I thought... No, you're that, right. That's why we, yeah. why we had that scene. That is, <laughs> is, yeah. Very funny. Yeah. Uh, he opens panels and sees all the other specimens. It's all very Star Wars oh, and Muppets. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's mm. such a good Although scene. Although they are imprisoned and being starved, which is... But they, um, they're going to be taken back to their home planets, apart from the one whose planet's been destroyed by a combat. Oh, so cute. That's the pup Marin. <laughs> yeah. 
That's called the Pat Marin. So yeah, you got one. One's a giant eye. One's a Mexican alien. It seems to be. <laughs> there's an alien. There's an alien that belches. Yep. Uh, there's an alien with a cold, and that illness it has was originally supposed to be an STD. Wow! But Disney were like, no, thanks. <laughs> so the the Max would have said that's how you get that. As in, yeah. just, you know, uh, going well, with it. this was a more serious script initially. Houses. Uh, it was funny that, that comment about the wires in Starkiller, because you can definitely see wires on some, with yeah. some of these puppets here, especially yeah. in the HD. But they didn't have the tech at the time to make stuff disappear. Mm. Uh, they talk about that in the documentary. But yeah, as you said, the pup Marin is so cute and his planet was destroyed by a comet and he doesn't know. Oh. Um, but yes, they do establish that they will be taken home. I'm still not sure uh, Max is doing the right thing here. But um, nevertheless, uh, we're led to believe that it's all going to be okay for these aliens. Um, So I just want to clarify one thing that you mentioned earlier about Max not taking David home. So he took David and he was never going to return him to the right time because it was always so because always going to be too dangerous. Yeah, because Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he only he only does it because they make a deal, and he only do, he only ends up making the deal because he needed that information. Right. So he would have just buggered off if David would yeah, have been stuck I in this so. timeline. So Max is a bad guy. I think so. Uh, so this is when we're properly we get the pee wee laugh, uh, and as I said, that's Paul Paul Rubens from the film uh, Batman Returns. <laughs> <laughs> He's so good in, in that. which he plays Penguin's father. Yep. That's, at the start, that is true. <laughs> Um, Mr. Cobblepot. So he mind melds with David and then Max starts talking like Pee Wee. So is the inside of of David's head like Pee Wee? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I don't... And also, he's from 1978, so he wouldn't know who Pee Wee is unless he'd been hanging out in LA nightclubs. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Is that where Paul Rubin started? Was he a stand-up first? Yeah, yeah, and he was part of some of the famous comedy troupes in LA and he'd do these improvised shows and then the Pee Wee character came out of that and developed. It was him and Phil Hartman did them together. Yeah, so um, anyway, it's just, I just, it, I'm trying to make sense of why why Max's behaviour is the way it is when David's pretty chilled out kids. I thought it was because he just downloaded a lot of nonsense as well as the mm. star charts and it sent right. him a bit screwy yeah. and that's his screwy voice. Because yeah. he's, he's doing Steve Martin at one stage, it's just the excuse me of Steve Martin and uh, I think that. Yeah. It's just a bit all over the place. Anyway, challenges David to fly the ship. Um, which is sort of a semi-exciting scene. Yeah, it's crazy. Exciting. Trying, trying to inject a <clears throat> tiny bit of jeopardy. Yep. It's a callback to when his dad says to him, "If you're gonna, <clears throat> excuse me, learn to swim, mm. you've just got to jump straight in." Oh. Which is pointedly not advice for learning to swim. If you don't know how to swim, mm. do not jump straight a- in. And also, the first thing you say to a girl shouldn't be nice blouse. <laughs> <laughs> just one of our regular public service announcements. Yes. If you can't swim, please don't jump straight in. Yes. Get in slowly mm. with some supervision. And if you're looking to strike up a romantic relationship with whoever, <laughs> yeah. don't say, that's a nice blouse. Especially if they are not wearing a blouse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Goes without saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, would, that would be weird. Blouse is not transferable to other garments. So, But now we've got the promise of the premise. The kid has his own spaceship. It's the ultimate wish fulfillment. They they fly to Tokyo, where Japanese people take photos, obviously. Of their own city. Yeah, just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> they head to the Golden Gate Bridge, San Francisco, and then we get that scene where he sings, I get around by the Beach Boys. Love I feel it. like this film was my way into the Beach Boys. Yeah, I think probably. every kid discovers the Beach Boys at some point. I like this film, but this is not 
a story. <laughs> this is a kid in a spaceship boinging around places singing the Beach Boys. I agree. And then, There's a lot missing. And it gets even more frustrating where he's like, I just want to go home. It's, like, what the fuck? And he's like, I don't know where to go. So it's, it becomes some sort of weird like road trip it's a, it, in a spaceship. Yeah. The, 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 the excitement of the climax is needing directions, basically. Yeah, getting a map. Getting a map. Because yeah, he teaches Max how to dance and then they reach, uh, as he's looking for directions, they go to Gator Farm. But the reason, sorry, the reason this is, it's, it's still good is because like the way Max moves, like the arm, the, the like yeah. round the ship, inside the ship, and the whole inside of the ship, and him playing with those like spheres controlling the ship, it's like that is enough. If you're a kid yeah. watching a kid fly a spaceship while a, a, an alien orb Has dances around yeah. you, it's, is enough. It's not quite enough though, because there's a reason this wasn't on heavy rotation mm. for me in the '80s. Whereas the, your Back to the Futures and your Goonies and your Karate Kids were. You yeah. do Good need point. a bit more. Yeah. Um, but you get a bit more in the shape of Big Al, because Big Al almost steals this movie. <laughs> so, no, seriously, this little bit, mm. can we see the spaceship? That family, yep. they nearly steal the whole thing. The dad is amazing. The dad's amazing. Big Al just standing there, motionless, yeah. just looking at the spaceship, yeah, not great. reacting to anything or yep. any stimulus or anything like that. Perfect. Gets fat shamed by an alien. Yeah, it does get fat shamed. Oink, Twinkie Boy, or whatever he calls him. Rude. Yeah. It's just rude. Um, also, I don't understand. He David gets changed to make a collect call. Is that how collect calls work? I have no idea. I don't think so, no. But you would have made one in the past, haven't you? Um, the idea is that you don't need money to we do it. We have reverse charges. Yeah, have reverse charges. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about back in the day before we had cell phones. Anyway. Cell phones. <laughs> Pick a lane. Collect call, reverse charges, cell phones, mobiles. Which are you? You know why that is? I'll genuinely genuinely tell you why that is. Because we use American spelling on the website where I work. And I had to. Oh my God, that must drive you insane. It does. It does. And I wrote a review yesterday for the film Knock at the Cabin. And I had to to call it a cell. Oh, jeez. Because I was using the word phone in the same sentence. So I had to call a a mobile phone a cell. You said someone takes their cell. Yeah. Yeah, it made me feel sick. Yeah. God, this is boring. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, David's got a map now. Yeah. Suspenseful music as Jeff tries to create a signal for them. And then he has the fireworks that he was told to stay away from at the start. (laughs) Brilliant. Everyone arrives at the family home at the same time. Um, It's a good line, though, isn't it? Where it's where Max says, I'd like to take you back uh, to your own time but it's too dangerous at least you're safe with your family here cut to a billion military people (laughs) great but he doesn't belong here um david says it's his family but not his home and he doesn't want to be a guinea pig so he's willing to take the risk of being vaporized Mm. to get back to his own timeline so he says goodbye and they fly through some electrical storm to represent time travel and then he's back so here's something i thought about watching it this time so we've got split timelines right. now. In that timeline we've just spent half an hour in or an hour in, yeah. that family got their kid back and then lost him. Because <gasps> yeah. he flew off. Yeah. yeah. How fucked up is that? They literally yeah. wrote down the oh same thing. That exists forever. Never they've thought, never they've watched me. David, who they just get back on a spaceship and go. And he, ch- like, he voluntarily chose to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he does say I love you, which is sort of a nice payoff. Yeah. But, but, you know, it's not really enough. No. Although they do get to keep the money. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I just, I got, I just was really sad God, for mum and mum and dad yeah. and Jeff. Horrendous. Yeah, it's, um, uh, it's a, it's a pretty shitty thing David does. 
I mean, yeah. he should at least sort of stick around and then... Sort and of is it sort of... is it the weak thing to... Is it the wrong thing for the story to do? Is is it the easy way out to, oh, just go back in oh time to fix it all again? Should he have to stay there and learn to be the uh, younger brother and learn yeah. to adjust? No! Yeah. No, are you a mad? Little, no, I, I, think that, I don't think they should, it should end like that because it's a kid's film and it would feel too heavy. But I do think that's kind of the right ending because not actually for the reasons you said, although those reasons are just as valid as this, we've spent the whole of what passes for an act two bombing to this destination. Mm. You can't then go to the destination yeah. and go, oh, do you know what? Actually, no. no. You can't no. do that to Ch- me. Change my mind. I've, yeah. I've literally changed my mind. <laughs> and, and for Max, for, for no, no, there'll be no <clears throat> new information development, MacGuffins, no nothing. Yep. Max to go, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't, all right, I'll do it. Yeah. And, like that is That's the thing. It's not like they've discovered some thing i mean i guess their relationship has grown and they uh, whatever it's just max just says oh, it's too dangerous no, no all right then yeah yeah <laughs> that's, that's true uh so he does make it home he runs home his family's young again they're waiting for him on a boat where have you been young man young man oh great um he tells his mummy loves her he tells jeffy loves her which freaks everyone out which is <laughs> i think that's such an honest real moment isn't it yeah um and it's sort of this Wizard of Oz ending, I guess, where he's been on this grand adventure and he's come home and realised that it was all about realising how much he loves his family. Yeah. Um, which is beautiful. And he's still got his little alien. Oh, which will die, though, probably, because what does it eat? Not I Earth food. Vicky. <laughs> it, it will die. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, is that your change? <laughs> kill it. No, not kill it. <laughs> Give it some little creature food that we know shall nourish and sustain it for its natural life cycle. Enough for you don't know how long its life cycle is. I don't. So you want David? You don't want you want David to return to his own time, but Max to have left sacks of pet food <laughs> with him that he drags home. Enough for this creature's Forever. lifespan. Yeah. Right. Cool. Yeah. E T A M and M's. So true. <laughs> Hitler like dogs and on that bombshell <laughs> um, and we got some fireworks and then uh, Pee Wee flies off with the word see you later navigator cool. they must have been happy when they came <laughs> up with that one, I've got it um, so this originally had a different ending uh, originally Max's superiors were going to destroy his ship because he'd taken David back in time so there was going to be a countdown clock in the ship tacked down to drama which given us a bit more drama and you'd have a scene where David's passionately arguing with Max's superiors to let him live mm. cool who, uh, who was going to be played by Robert Picardo <laughs> <laughs> whack yeah. um, so a bit like Explorers uh, they were disappointed with the marketing campaign with, for this one they felt it was a bit bland it did okay at the box office but it became really popular on the Disney Channel which is how its cult stature grew. And it brings my story full circle because that's how I discovered it. Um, In terms of remakes, because every week we have to update you on this. uh, Yes, uh, this is getting remade with Bryce Dallas Howard directing. Wow. And a uh, a female protagonist. You know, like we were talking about League of Extraordinary Gentlemen the other day. Just swap it all out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Great. It'll It'll be brilliant then. Whatever. Fine. It's called Davina. (laughs) Are you being serious? Mm -hmm. I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, sometimes, I said this to you, I think sometimes studios are like, oh God, we're so old and white. What the fuck are we going to do? Remake everything with women. And then they can go, well, we're actually fucking brilliant. And it's not always the best idea in the world, but you know, I'm sort of stuff just doesn't need remaking. And I do feel a little bit like that about I'm, this. I'm just looking forward to having Pee Wee Herman back as the sure. voice. <laughs> That'll be good. So let's do the bits and bobs. Uh, favourite scene, Vicky? Now, this probably won't be your favourite scene, but when they're testing David in the NASA lab, I mentioned that Data Latch gave me a 
boner. Um, I just think it all comes together in she a nice down way. When she said that. <laughs> What's a check? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> what do yeah. you do? I know when I've got a boner. I don't have to look. It's a, yeah, yeah. It's a female boner, a phoner, or as Chris writes, a seller. Seller. <laughs> what? It's, uh, cool, it's a callback. Yeah, it was a callback. Um, that's cool. That's good. That's great. I yeah. hope we see that in the uh, the new female fronted flight of the Navigator. Are you on commission? What's happening? <laughs> anyway, all the plot comes together because David doesn't know what's going on, and the NASA people do, and that means there's intrigue because he doesn't just go, "Oh, look, my my planet, my spaceship, whatever." He's like, "What is happening?" Um, and you know, the NASA guys are bad guys and stuff. It's just, it all just comes together. So, that was, what did you? What, sorry, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? About that scene? <laughs> what scene? In the NASA lab, right? With the data latch. Yep. It's I, intriguing, I'm, isn't it? Because when David sees on the screen, I went to Phelon, right. he doesn't go, oh yeah, so I did. He goes, what the fuck is that? So <laughs> He doesn't say that. <laughs> it's a Disney film. <laughs> oh, so I did now. <laughs> so it's intriguing because you expect him to go, yeah, oh, I remember. I remember. That was Roy Walker, by the way. <laughs> Great. Better late than never. I think it's I good, but it's not right, Vicky. <laughs> uh, so it's almost the Beach Boys scene uh, to get our uh, get around. I love that. It's almost Big Al at the gate of farm gas station uh, i love that it's funny but uh, it's the it's when we see the other specimens uh, the other mm. aliens that he's because that could be literally max could go i travel around loads of worlds collecting specimens we've already heard that but again show don't tell and like you see it and it's just cool and i remember watching it as a kid and when that alien bites his hat off his head off david's hat and max was like that was close that could have been your head. Being eight, nine years old, I, like not really understanding how films work, I was like, oh my God, that could have gone another way in this movie. Mm, cool. And he could have had his head bitten off. <laughs> that would have been awful. So I really like that bit. Uh, for me, they don't do much with this scene, but it's it. I found it jaw-dropping when I was a kid. It's meeting your younger, older brother. Mm. Um, mm. Being reunited with your brother in that way. There's just a bit of magic there in terms of it makes you reflect, especially if you've got a sibling, especially if you've got a younger sibling, which we all have. It's like, oh, wow, what would that be like? Yeah. It also, And now looking at it now, it makes you think, oh, what are the great narrative possibilities <laughs> for this that they do not explore? Yeah. But I'll be getting to that yeah. in my chain. Yeah. Writing down a football score in the future, that would be good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You go back in time. <laughs> but it is that Back to the Future magic. It's what makes that film special, I think, is, yeah. is, is being with your dad. Yeah. Um, okay, most valuable whatever, Alex. Uh, I almost want to give it to Howard Hesseman because he's Commandant Lassard's brother in Police Academy 2, their first assignment. I almost want to give it to Paul Rubens as Max. I almost want to give it to Big Al from Big Al's Gator Farm because he's fucking <laughs> I know brilliant. where this is going. Uh, I'm giving it to Joey Kramer. Oh, future guest on my podcast, <laughs> Joey Kramer. <laughs> and also because he uh, he's genuinely like uh, kid actors in the 80s tended to annoy me a, a lot, even mm. as a kid. And especially now as an adult, like I, I don't enjoy them as much as I did. Like they were kind of aspirational when you're a kid as well. You're like, oh, they're cool. But now you're like, Ugh. and I just think like there's something about him. Like he's really, really just good. I 100% agree. Across the board this week, we've got really good child acts. I did say in the Goonies episode, I find those kids a little bit bratty, but these kids today and Monday are really real. Yeah. Vicky. Joey Kramer, for all of the reasons that Alex said, but exempting the reason which he's not on my other side hustle podcast that mm. I've got going on, but for everything else that Alex said, I wholeheartedly support. Thanks. And mirror. Right. Yeah. Mirroring. Yeah. yeah. See you. Thanks. Well, I'm glad you both picked Joey because that is the correct answer this week. Um, so I'm going to say something different just to be different. And it's the Puck Marin. Yeah. So cute. I nearly had it. 
So it, cute. It didn't make my top five, but after I mean, that. I'm sad that I now learn that he died immediately. Yeah. <laughs> just, just follow. It's just logic. <laughs> What would you change? From an STD. <laughs> oh, heck. <Yeah. laughs> Vicky, what would you change? Well, Alex kind of said it already, but... So, when he's on the quest during the Act 2 bit with the Beach Boys, you've got to go and get a bit of something that will make him be able to travel through time, but now his family want him to stay, so he has to choose. He's got the thing, he can do it, and it will be safe, but it's a choice in front of him because he could stay as well. So he chooses to go back because of that Wizard of Oz thing. He realises how much he loves his family and he doesn't want to miss any of it. He doesn't want to stay here because he will have missed eight years of just loving them, mm. just having that time mm. with them. So it should it, it, maybe the, the MacGuffin thing shouldn't be like a slam dunk. You will be safe. There should be some risk, obviously. So he chooses to go back. He chooses to go back with a new understanding of like how amazing his family are um, and then enjoy those eight years. But when they're boinging around... It can't just be just to get a map. It just needs to be to get a crystal or mm. whatever it is. And that needs to be a risky mission and all the rest of it. It's, it's easy. It's all there. And Max says, if we go back, this timeline collapses. It ceases to exist. So <laughs> yeah. the parents oh, aren't yeah. there missing their kid all over again. Yeah. 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 It'll reset this timeline. Yeah. yeah. That's Alex. It. 90 oh. minutes of dogs catching fruit, please. <laughs> 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 Fuck, that is a movie. That's a movie. Um, so... I think what would be good is because the whole thing seems to be at the start, like when his dad sits him down and goes, hey, you need to talk about girls' blouses to them. <laughs> it's, it's, and it's like, instead of spying on the girl, he, he should like, the the adventure he's been on with Max has given him this confidence. He's flown a spaceship. He's taken a risk of travelling back in time, even though it could vaporise him. So he's got confidence now. And so at the end... He should nail it. <laughs> like he should be fucking Jenny Bradley <laughs> on a boat, at a dirty boat party. <laughs> Joey, if you're listening to this in preparation for Alex's podcast, I'm very sorry. <laughs> you should fish your fucking while talking about her blouse. Alex, <laughs> this is the worst stuff you've ever said. This is nice. This is nice blouse. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. You're going to ride it like a bike. <laughs> no, no, not that. <laughs> not that. Not that. Although, no, not that. Um. Because at the start, like like his dad goes, you should say she's got a nice bike. So all, they, wherever they're going on the boat, they arrive at a party. <laughs> <laughs> and has everyone put their keys in a bowl? <laughs> she's just bangled for him. So. <laughs> he should say that's a nice bike to a girl who's very attractive that he meets. And it turns out that it's Sarah Jessica Parker's character. Yeah, yeah. I did wonder how oh, to. Oh, right. I did yeah. wonder how to fit that in. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. just seemed, if he would, it seemed uh, too contrived. If he was 20, yes. like, like and she, he should have been... He, he should go, what's your yeah. name? And, and yeah. it's, she says whatever her character's name is that I didn't write down. <laughs> She's yeah. Carolyn. 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 She's like, I'm Carolyn. You're like, oh, my, I'm going to nail you. <laughs> <laughs> we are definitely going to do yeah. it. I'm going to Ralph. <laughs> do you want to see my twisted sister? <laughs> um, you don't know what that is? You will do. <laughs> Clever lines like that. <laughs> I, I thought of that as the change and thought it was too contrived, but then obviously it's a kids' film. It doesn't matter, does it? No, it's fine. You want to go, oh my God, that's Carolyn. Yeah. All right, so here's a nice blouse. Here's a simple change for you drama is conflict. Losing David splits his parents apart. They're not together anymore in this new timeline. And then his return sort of brings them back together. Mm. Okay. Easy. 
this is the first film we've ever done where I've actually sat down and spoken to someone who was writing a remake of this. Wow. And we've actually discussed it. Uh, This was 10 years ago, though, now. But, um, yeah, he said to me, what is it about this film that you like? That you would be exploring, and I said to I said that it's 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 only the brothers. This film should be about the brothers, about a young an older brother becomes a younger brother, and vice versa. And I would totally explore that. That's that's all I would do. I think it's I think that's where the interest lies. Mm. And, and so he wrote that, and we still haven't seen that. Really. <laughs> um, no, I can't say what he was what doing. What the fuck is this family drama? That turned in? I wanted a fucking spaceship. Oh. I wanted you to remake Flight of the Navigator. Where's the funny line about the blouse? <laughs> um, no, he said he did say that that's they were they were exploring much more of that because he thought that was the heart of the film as well. I don't know wh- where else he went with it, but yeah. So I don't know how you do that, um, but maybe the brother goes on the adventure they with go him. On the ventures again, yeah, yeah. And, and 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 you watch their relationship, how it's changed, and how they adjust to those changes as they having to overcome whatever's thrown their way. So. I think it makes it a much better film because that's what I come away thinking about. It's not the spaceship. It's the fact that you could become the younger brother. Like that. Just like that. Just like that. <laughs> yeah, like that. Very good. <laughs> Tommy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Great. We're done. We're done. Fine. Fantastic. Well done, everyone. So it's time for... The, the the, no, <laughs> it's because you pointed at me yeah. like a dog. I was like, "What me?" That was cruel. That was cruel, Alex. I know. I'm trying to look down. I thought you were going to catch a frisbee, Vicky. I think you should leave the room at this point. Yeah. Okay. What now? <laughs> Te- text us your verdict. That's a lovely blouse. <laughs> it's actually quite a nice jumper, isn't it? It's a very nice jumper. It's new. Thank you. I really like it. I do too. Yeah, it's great. You I think good. it's sporty, but also quite sophisticated. It, it makes me think Noel Gallagher, 1996. Oh no. Makes That's me think fine. Noel Edmonds, 1980. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right then, let's do the verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! Uh, okay, uh, so who wants to go first? Why don't you go first, Chris? Yeah. Um, I think both these films have a problem and then they both lack jeopardy, which is surprising as 1980s kids' movies were full of death <laughs> and destruction and jeopardy. So I think that is an issue on both fronts and I think that's why... As I say, they're not in heavy rotation and I haven't seen them since uh, that decade. But Flight of the Navigator builds to a climax, one that makes me feel genuine emotions and explorers falls off a cliff when they get into space. <laughs> uh, so for that simple reason, it's Flight of the Navigator. OK, that's one for Flight of the Navigator. V. So now that I'm over the shock of Explorers, because it was a bit of a shock, I do understand why it's loved, because I think if you saw it when you were a kid, it just would have pushed more buttons than now. Uh, But it's not finished. I cannot overstate this. Mm -hmm. So I think it's unfair, really, to compete with a film that is finished, even if a lot of Flight of the Navigator is just zooming around making very time-specific jokes. Um, this is and the first time we've done an unfinished film. <laughs> I mean, and it, it could be closer, couldn't it? Because the pedigree of Explorers is really good, but it's just missing loads of stuff and you can tell, and it is a bit of a shame. So Flight of the Navigator is slicker, it's more emotionally mature, and it is complete. Yeah, Uh uh, basically, explorers. I don't know if has anyone mentioned that it isn't finished. <laughs> um, I, I, I wish I'd see. I, I think this would be a much closer fight for me had I seen explorers as a kid. Maybe I don't know, but uh, no. But certainly, <laughs> like it just can't compete with the nostalgia factor. The nostalgia hit I got from watching Flight of the Navigator. Green. So for that reason, it's Flight of the Navigator. It's unanimous. Flight of the Navigator is the winner. Yay! Yay! Woo! 
Uh, brilliant stuff. So let's look ahead to next week. Oh, actually, I should say, as always, um, I don't know that it's going to matter, but we are always going to do it when Chris is in charge. Otherwise, I'll forget when I'm put in charge of Twitter. The poll will go live and you can have your say. Tell us how right or wrong we got it on Twitter. Why do you say it's not going to matter? It might not matter. Because I don't think this week anyone's going to go, oh, Explorers is the better film. They might. Do you think? That's the point of the poll. I know that's the point of the People poll. People have opinions. I know, but it's a, it's a predictive I thing. know a I'm lot just... of our listeners don't like unfinished films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, fine. It's, it, Whatever. It, is, it matters. <laughs> it matters. Everything matters. Uh, the poll will go live on Twitter. Right, uh, so let's look ahead to next week. Uh, very excited. Very excited about this pairing uh, mm. because obviously it's our anti-Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day special. So, V, what was the clue you gave on Monday? Mm, men. <laughs> Can I chip in now? Yeah. So the person that picked these films <clears throat> suggested a clue. Brett. I've written it here. It's only two words. Will you say the clue? I'll read it first. No, just, I think you just need to read it. Just all right. Say what you see. Okay. Just say, say what you see. <laughs> okay, you're going to do it? You ready? Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> it's good. I'm not saying it. No, so, say it one, more, one more time. Star Wars. <laughs> I'm allowed to say it. Yeah. It's fine. You can. Yeah. Oh, so I haven't said what the films are. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, you haven't. <laughs> so That's key. They're species. Mm. <laughs> um, and under the skin. Species versus under the it's skin. It's so hard. It's really hard. Well, I think we will be. Oh, give up, <laughs> hey. babies. Whoa. It's just really difficult. They're both really good. <laughs> <laughs> they are. We're not doing it now. I know, sorry. We're doing it next Jeopardy. week. She's setting up Jeopardy. Yeah. Uh, where can we oh, watch who cares? these? No, they're both, I did have a look, they're both on Apple and Amazon, so you're fine. Fine, fantastic news. Uh, so that's Species versus Under the Skin. That is next week's Valentine's Day special. Uh, in the meantime, if you haven't done already, uh, please subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can Catch up with us on our YouTube channel, Clash of the Titles, or online at ClashPod, where we are on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, right, have a great weekend, everyone. Back on Monday, celebrating Valentine's Day, talking species. Bye-bye. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. 